0: Georgia. You've heard of Claxton Fruitcake, so I guess I'm crazy, right? <laughs> and uh, but uh, thank God for the Gospel Baptist Church. It was there that preached the gospel. I got saved and got on fire for the Lord and began immediately witnessing to everybody. I was 15 years old and I'd go to the jail back then. Nobody was in jail every now and then there'd be a drunk or something and and uh, so I practiced preaching to the drunks. I'd go to the hospital and visit everybody there. And, you know, I'd look look for people anywhere I could. then uh, people directed me to Bible college. I went to Liberty Baptist in Virginia. Then I transferred to Hiles in Indiana. And that put me in Chicago. And uh, so that was in September 9, 1976. And uh, I didn't stay in the school very long because... I didn't see eye to eye. I didn't believe that a man is the fourth person in the Trinity. And uh, so I, that didn't go over very well. And uh, but I, I saw the need to reach people in Chicago. And, you know, when, when I went, you know, I knocked on door after door after people from Lebanon and Syria and Jordan and Iraq and Armenia and just literally the whole world. And it was just unbelievable. And I said, somebody needs to reach these people for Christ. And so I've made it my life's goal to try to do that. And uh, so by the grace of God, I'm going to show you my slides and then give you a chance to ask some questions. And if we got time, I'll preach a little bit too. Amen? Amen. It's all like Bloney. We can just cut it off anywhere we want. You know, you just... Uh, tell me how long when we need to stop you just wave at me and we'll stop no problem and uh, you know all of those opportunities to witness are unusual I met a a Moroccan Berber man in a meat market uh, a Muslim meat market and I witnessed to him and he listened and so I witnessed to him several times and then I didn't see him for a while He, he quit the job and and you know, he was wandering around the area. And, and uh, so I went to Kaja Ali's one day. And Kaja said, Did you know Meyer's been locked up in his room for a month? And all he's doing is reading the Quran. Well, you know, if he's reading the Quran, he's looking for answers. But he's looking for answers in the wrong place. And so I asked where his apartment was. I went over there. And of course, there's no furniture in the apartment. So this big old fat elephant's trying to sit on the floor. I backed up against the wall. I felt like Buddha, you know, I thought. And, of course, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, how am I going to get up? How am I going to get up, you know? And and, uh, so, but for three and a half hours, I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ for that man. And he listened. You said, did he get saved? I don't know. You know, God's called me to be faithful. God didn't call me for numbers. Now, I like numbers. I'll take them and and, uh, so but you know one thing for sure if that man dies and goes to hell he won't die and go to hell because nobody told him about Christ and that's the key and I won't go to heaven with blood on my hands and uh, you know we in 2008 we started getting refugees in from Burma uh, formerly called Burma it's now called Myanmar and uh we started getting people that were Skakaren and Karini and Sean and Kachin and Tadim and Falam and Mizo and Hakka and Zaniat and Saizang and, man, we, we brought them all to church. Then we had people from Burundi, Africa. Uh, you had the, Hutsi, uh, the, the Tutsis and the Hutus that were fighting each other in, in Rwanda and, and uh, uh, Burundi and a bunch of those people came to Chicago. We reached them. We brought them to church. And, uh, you know, many of them couldn't speak any English at all. But, you know, that's not my problem. I didn't make them like that, right? So what do we do? We do what we can. So we started getting Bibles. We started getting tracts. We started doing things to reach these people. I never knew that working with people in Chicago would allow me to take mission trips to Thailand and Burma and spend months... Literally going from village to village to village, to church, to schools, to, to, to uh, 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 Bible colleges, to, to orphanages, sharing the gospel of Christ. But that's exactly what happened. All because of laboring in Chicago. Matter of fact, I'll tell you one story. We went to a place called uh, Nabada in, in Burma. It's a prayer mountain. There's a lady, she, she ended up moving to Lincoln, Nebraska. <clears throat> her, her name is Emuda. And um, she's Scott Corinne. And she says, my cousin is the governor of Prayer Mountain area. And so if, if you go there, look my cousin up. And he'll take you around. I said, all right, I'll do it. I said, I should be there somewhere between the 1st of April and the middle of May. Right, that's six weeks. Well, to make a long story short, I ended up getting in there about the, uh, right between the third and fourth week of April. And so we went to Prayer Mountain, went up to the top, saw the shrines and all that stuff. And of course, we're tracking everybody going up and down. And of course, Buddhist monks and everybody go up there to see this Christian shrine. And uh, so I came back down and there's a little building there with a bunch of men in it. And I went in there, and I sit down with him. And I said, I'm looking for Pocho. The guy across from me. He says, I'm Pocho. And I said, I'm, I'm Pastor Ford. He said, I know. I said, uh, your, your cousin? He said, I know. I said, I, I'm coming to... He said, I've been waiting for you. I said, man, how long has he been waiting? And, and uh, he said, my parents are dead, but... But Elmada's parents are still alive. Would you like to meet him? I said, sure. So ended up going over to the family. We ended up spending the night. It's gets a law to stay in a private house in Burma. But then when you're with somebody who's in the government, then there's no problem. And so ended up uh, having opportunities to witness and share the gospel with them. And I thought, small world. You know, literally. And uh, we uh, I'll give you one more example, and then we'll go right into the slides. I went to uh, Insane Mon Baptist Church, Mon people. And the pastor's daughter there, um, I, I, I was uh, talking to her, and she said, I went to Bible college in America. I said, Where'd you go? And she said, I went to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I said, Ooh, man, those people are very liberal. I said, man, I'm surprised you didn't lose the Bible when you went there. She said, oh, it was, it was hard. And uh, I said, you know, I, I know some people that went there. We had a girl in our church that was a Chin tribe people who married a Pate tribe people from India side uh, uh, that went there. She said, oh, yeah. She said, Sam Varghese. I said, no, but I know the Varghese's grandparents. I know this boy's grandparents. I said, uh, but I said, let me call them. So one thirty in the morning, I'm calling. You know, to Texas, right from Burma, and so the and I I put the phone up so the girl could see the lady. I should say, lady, married lady with children, and, and uh, uh, so the the young lady from uh, from America answered. She said, "Pasta." She said, "I so ah uh, ah." Uh. How, how can you go halfway around the world and find my husband's best friend? And I said, small world, amen. All right, so we'll get into slides. I'm going to grab a chair here and sit down. I had a liver transplant, and uh, if I have time, I'll tell you a little bit about it, but uh, I wasn't supposed to get it. There's no record that I got it, and uh, I got the transplant in 17 days from the time I went to the hospital. So God was merciful and sparing my life. When I got ready to go to Burma, uh, I'm a year out from my transplant. And I went to my doctor and I said, doc, I want to go to Thailand, Burma, and, 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 and Cambodia on a mission trip. Can I go? And he looked at me and he said, anybody else? No. He said, you, you can go. You can't die. I said, not true. (laughs) I said, I can die. I said, doc, I want to ask a question. How did I get my transplant? Uh, I said, "Who, who gave permission? I want to see the paper and the signature of the doctor and the permission to do this transplant. He put his iPad down. And he said, you don't get it, do you? He said, there's no doctor, there's no paper, there's no signature. You got the transplant, but there's no record of that. He said, do you understand in, the, in Loyola University Medical Center, the entire history of this institution, nobody has ever gotten a transplant in 17 days. So it was a miracle. It was a literal miracle. And uh, so, uh, God blessed, a uh, uh, couple of months after I got out of the hospital, my wife went to heaven. My wife was from Cambodia. And uh, if you uh, get, um, uh, if, if you look on our webpage, it's on any of the tracks or it's on the prayer cards there. If you need more prayer cards, I have them in the bag too. Uh, but if you go on, on that webpage, it's missionindependentbaptistchurchchicago.com. And if you look up out of the mouth of a dragon you read the testimony of my wife how she went through the killing fields of the Khmer Rouge In Cambodia and how she survived and how she came to know Jesus Christ and how she met me and Radically God directed me to knock on her door And uh, after she had only been here seven days And uh, she started coming to church with us and you know after Three and a half years, we were married and had eight children, so God was good to us. Amen? Amen. And uh, so, but anyway, let's, let's get to the slides, all right? So God's work is a good work. You know, we ought to be busy serving the Lord. You know, uh, I got saved in 74, called to preach in 75, went to Chicago in 76, sent out a Rogers Baptist Church in Garland. I uh, uh, thank God for Pastor Thomas. Uh, and then, but Chicago is the Babylon of America. You know, literally, God sent the whole world to Chicago. And if you reach our neighborhood, you will reach the world. I mean, it's world missions right there. No shots, no passports, no foreign governments to deal with. Just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can preach to any Muslim, any Buddhist, any Hindu. There's nothing they can do about it. 52% of the adults in the inner city of Chicago cannot read the English language. So because of that, it's imperative you get something in a language they can read. You know, it's the largest Lithuanian city in the world. It's the second largest Polish city. It's the third largest Greek city. It's the fourth largest Yugoslavian city. Chicago is now the largest Assyrian city in the world. There are more Assyrians in Chicago than there are in Baghdad, Iraq. And so uh, what, do, what do we do? What's our imperative? Preach the gospel. Amen. To who? Go you the all the world and preach the gospel to everybody that speaks English? No. You say, but they don't speak English. That's not our problem. We didn't make them like that. God did. Bring them in. At least they will know somebody loves them. Somebody cares about them. And that person is a Christian person. We had a lady, a Chinese lady, Jing Han, came to church with us. We met her in a grocery store. My my daughter met her in a grocery store. And she came to church. And she said, you know, I come from China. The only people good to me is Christian nobody else is good to me and I thought well that's good praise the Lord she said but I have a question I said what's the question she said everybody they either they want me to believe Jesus or they want me to get baptized she said I I tell them I don't I don't know I don't know if I believe or not and I said oh don't worry about that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God you just keep coming to church and you just keep listening and one day, God would deal with your heart. Amen. When God deals with your heart, respond. Amen? Amen? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. <clears throat> okay. All right, it died. Oh, there we go. Uh, this is our old storefront building. We, we put our track rack up, and we did our tracks uh, alphabetically. So we started out with Amharic, Albanian, Armenian, Assyrian, and we ended up with Zulu. So that way you could go and you could pick whatever language you wanted and get that and give out to the people in the, in the neighborhood. These are some of the tracks we did, uh, Hmong, German, Thai, NER, Tagalog, Fante, Swedish, Polish, Farsi, Portuguese, Bosnian, Arabic, Chinese, Croatian, Dari, Dinka, Greek, Russian, Spanish, Thai, you know, and, and a whole lot more. We've done over 50 different languages now. And God is so good. I, I remember a bunch of Ethiopian people are in Chicago. And, and I have tracks in Amharic and Tigrinya. But I kept running into people that were a Romo. And I said, I don't have nothing in a Romo. And they're all Muslims. Everybody, everybody I met was a Muslim. And uh, so one Sunday night, we were having church in, in an apartment building. big Big apartment building. We came out and I met these guys. I knew they were Ethiopian. You said, how do you know they're Ethiopian? Because they didn't look Kenyan, you know? So, so uh, uh, I, I said, uh, you read Amharic or Tigrinya? And they said, Aromo. I said, oh, man, I don't have Romo. They said, Amharic. And uh, uh, he said, uh, God bless you, brother. I said, what? Are you Muslim? And he said, no, I'm, I'm Christian. I go, what? You're a Christian? I said, is there a Bible in your language? He said, yes. I said, "Do you have one?" He said, "Yes." I said, "Do you have two of them?" He said, "Yes." I said, "I'll buy one. I don't care what it costs. I'll, I'll buy one." And uh, he said, "I bring next week." I said, "No, you won't either." I said, you can get it. Go. We're, we're going to go get it now." I said, "I'll give you live an hour and a half or two hours away. We're going to drive to wherever that Bible is, and we're going to get that Bible right now." And uh, because next week never happens, buddy. I mean, it just, that's just the way it is. You know, you, uh, I don't know how many people over the years I, I've dealt with, and, and they said, we'll talk next week, and next week never came. I never saw them again. And uh, so um, we got the Bible, and I had him to outline some, some titles for me. And uh, death, resurrection, judgment, warning, uh, are you ready for the judgment day? And I went back and took that Bible, and I pulled Bible verses out of it. Well, lo and behold, I met him again, and so I showed him the gospel track, and he said, where you get, and I said, from you, you helped me do it, and he said, oh, I want 300, 300. I said, okay, i bring next week. I said, help me, out, help, help me outline another one, so he helped me outline another one, right? So I went home and made another gospel track with, with that, using that Bible, and, and uh, printed those I printed 300 of the first track 300 of the second track and I brought them to him and man his eyes were just Unbelievable. I said, what are you gonna do with them?" He said I'm gonna send them back to the refugee camp so that they can evangelize my people I've never seen the guy since I Have never seen him again. I don't know where they went to what happened to him, but I've got the aroma Bible I've got gospel tracts, and I've got a way to witness those people. Mm-hmm. God's good, isn't he? And, uh, but you know, God has sent all these people to, uh, Chicago. We like to go to the different parades. We have many, many parades. I'm just going to show you just a few of them here, but we got the German parades. So we use German and English, the so Spanish parades or Central American. So all the Spanish countries of Central America, uh, except for Belize, which was a British colony. Uh, but, uh, uh Spanish and English, the Puerto Rican parade, Spanish and English, uh, Mexican Parade, Spanish and English, Indian Parade. We use Hindi, Urdu, Gujarati, Malayalam, Tamil, Telugu, Punjabi, Nepali, Bengali, Marathi, and English. And everybody's crowded together, so many people, and they're just moving all the time. You don't have time to say, what, what language do you speak? And give them something in their language, because they're gone. I mean, they're blocked block away by the time you get, find it. In your track bag. So we stuffed them all together. So, you know, each packet looks like this. And so we made, you know, we would make over two or 3,000 packets like that. And uh, now this is two or 3,000 times 11, right? So get the scope of it. It, it, it wasn't a small endeavor. And, and we'd go out on the, 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 the area and we would give out the tracks. Well, man, afterwards, they're scattered all over the ground and sometimes you feel so discouraged and we had a missionary through one day and he happened to fall on that day. And so he went with us to the Indian parade and uh, he said, you know, he said three languages are missing out of every one of these packs. He's picking them up off the ground looking and they were taking out Hindi, which is a national language. They were taking out English, which is also a national language and then their tribal language. So they got three shots at the gospel. Amen? And uh, so God was good. And, and it made me feel a lot better because you know I, I don't care. They can throw them all down anyway. I'm still going to pass them out. I, I had a guy one time. Uh, I gave him a gospel track. And he got so mad at me. And he looked at me and he goes Ugh! and he rips it up. He says what are you going to do about it? So I backed off about three feet, four feet. I got another track and I said here boy, here boy, come get it. Come on. And uh I said you can you can tear it up too. That's between you and God. You're the ones going to answer to God for it, not me. You know, my job is just to give it to you. And, And I'm serious about that. I believe we ought to be as proactive in getting out the word of God to as many people as we possibly can. God sent them to America, the land of the Bible. And some of them have been here 15, 20, 25, 30 years, and they've never got the Bible because they stink their language is strange their food is strange their culture is strange you know I can't talk to them I'm, I'm just an American oh come on you're a child of the king you're an ambassador God wants you to reach out to people and tell them I don't care who they are they'll listen if you tell them and if they don't smile at them and go somebody else amen uh, Irish parade uh, Syrian parade, we use Assyrian, Arabic, and English for the Assyrian parade. Uh, the Day of the Little Children parade, the Greek parade, uh, the 5th of May parade, the Polish parade, the Pakistani parade, <coughs> Korean festival, Hmong festival, Italian parade, and there's a number of others, and, and we just didn't put them all on there because we'd be here all night. and uh, But some of the tracks we did in Hmong, uh, these are some of the tracks we did in some of the languages uh, Kareni, Karen, Gujarati, Aromo. And then we, we decided, you know, we need to preach the gospel to every creature. Doesn't that include the Buddhist monks? Well, where do you find Buddhist monks at? You find them in the Buddhist temple. So you go in a Buddhist temple. And uh, uh, here's a Vietnamese Buddhist temple. Here's a Japanese Buddhist temple. Here is a Thai Buddhist temple. By the way, anybody can read that? That, that name there is English Letters. And uh, then this, uh, th- this youth group here is a uh, Brother James Love's group from Cincinnati, Ohio. They wanted to come and, and go out on the streets of Chicago with us, so we did. And we gave them track bags. We put 72 languages in their bags and put them in alphabetical order so you know they, they can ask somebody what language do you speak, and they say Bulgarian. They can go to Bulgarian, pull it out, and give it to them, you know. And uh, actually, they'll say Bulgarian, Greek, you know, Assyrian, Russian. And uh, so, but uh, uh, anyway, we have opportunities to witness to the monks and share with them. This is a Cambodian Buddhist temple. Uh, These are uh, Cambodian Buddhist monks as Sambat and Uk. Uk is in the dark orange there, and it's Pastor Carlisle from Oklahoma there. He's with us, and and, uh, uh, we had a good time that time, but, but I, I went many times to this, this mosque and witnessed to our Buddhist temple and, and witnessed to Uk and Uk said, you mean this book has an answer to every question? I said, yes, sir. Man, we, we took several languages in, so we never knew who was going to be in there, and we wanted to have a Bible so that we could be able to share the gospel with whoever was in the Buddhist temple. And so sometimes we were using Cambodian, sometimes we were using Thai, Uh, Sometimes we were using Laotian, you know, sometimes uh, 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 I'll show you another one of the young men who is, uh, uh, he is Bengali who learned how to speak Thai and Cambodian. And uh, so, but, but anyway, he said, how does the blood of Jesus cleanse you? Does it fall down from the sky on you and cleanse you? And I thought, wow, this guy's really thinking, you know, he's really thinking about this. And I said, no, that's your skin eye. You have to look at it with, with your faith eye. You know, it's by faith. We're saved by grace through faith. And uh, so, uh, you know, we just continue witnessing to them. There's Susna. And, and uh, actually, we had him to come to our church with us before. And uh, this family here are from Burma. These are Karen tribe here. And they said, how can we join the Christians? I said you can't join the christians you've got to be born again and then this this lady mickey mickey's from thailand mickey is funny she is really really funny the first time i met mickey she went to the university of illinois to get a degree in computer and engineering so she's a brain brain she's got 150 iq and uh so you know everything to her is analytical one time i was preaching i was talking about backing up the preacher and she's looking at me with a wrinkled brow, and I said, didn't you pop the flash drive out and put another flash drive in? And she goes, oh, hang, okay, you know. And she goes, huh? <laughs> but uh, I, I play with her mind a little bit there. We, we have a lot of fun with them. Uh, we, we went to, we were in North Dakota one time, and we went to a, a, a silo and, and, uh, uh, where, where they were telling about storing the corn. And I said, Mickey, <clears throat> I said, if you take this corn... You put it in a 55 gallon drum and you fill it with water and you leave it a few weeks. I said, it'll ferment and start bubbling and it'll turn sour. And you take that and you dip it into a hog trough. I said, men and them hogs will yum, 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 and they'll have foam all the way from ear to ear and they'll be grinning like, 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 like a possum. And Mickey said, Sir, does that mean if you give them good food, they will frown? so but anyway this lady uh uh, she uh when i first witnessed to her i said you know god is light and she goes light light lights energy energy produces heat is god hot and i thought nobody ever asked me that before but then the bible says our gods are consuming fire the bible says our works shall be judged yet so as by fire You know, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, right? When the Apostle Paul met the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, he said, I saw a light brighter than the noonday sun. That's hot. Man, God's hot. I never thought about it before. So we got a hot God, you know? And and, uh, so I showed her those Bible verses, and and I showed her where when they gave the, the commandments that the mountain was burned and fire and thunder and lightning was on the mountain. I said, yes, God is hot. And she goes, wow nobody ever gave me answers like that before i asked the buddhist monks they tell me shut up i asked my professors in the university they tell me shut up i asked my mom and dad and they tell me shut up i said why don't you get a notebook and write all the questions out and come to church on sunday and we'll take the bible we'll sit down after church and we'll answer them so after church uh, i said "Uh, mickey you got any questions She's flipping this, this notebook and she says, uh, yes, sir. And I go, whoa, page after page after page. Uh, how many you got in there? She, uh, I, I don't know, sir. There's a lot of them. And I, I said, pick one. So she started out with question number 137. And uh, so months and months and months we dealt with that lady. And finally she got saved. Amen. And when she got saved, man, did she get on fire for the Lord. Her family, you know, rich family in Thailand, they thought we had brainwashed her. And so they hired a Buddhist monk and a psychologist to try to convert her back to Buddhism. She went to visit in Thailand, and she took her Bible, and she laid it down on the table, and she said, ask me any question. No matter what they asked her, she answered with a Bible verse, because that's the way we had reached her. And uh, so finally, the Buddhist monk went back and said, leave her alone alone. Let her be Christian. She, she, know, she knows that book too much. Yeah. We, we, can't, we can't change her mind. We can't answer her. Isn't the word of God powerful? Amen. It is just Amen. absolutely powerful. And, uh, but we have so much fun with this lady. We, we tease her husband. She ended up marrying an American guy. We, we tease him. We said, you know, you tell the same joke 72 times. The first sixty-six is to Mickey, <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Muslim. We have a Muslim ministry. We go to Muslim mosque. Uh, uh, this is a mosque. You know, Muslims speak many different languages: Arabic, Kurdish, Farsi, Bosnian, Albanian, uh, Turkmen, uh, uh, Kyrgyz, uh, uh, Kazakh, and and Chinese, and mi- many many languages. And uh, uh, th- th- we this this is our uh, map of the. The northeast side of Chicago. So, if you let's see, uh, where are we at? Wrigley Field is about right along here somewhere. No, 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 it's right along here somewhere. That's where Wrigley Field is. Uh, let's see, Addison. It, it's right here. So, see, there's a Muslim mosque right right next to Wrigley Field. Oh, there has got a sign there that says Wrigley Field on it. And uh, but this was where we were at. We started in an apartment, then we went to a storefront here. We got booted out of that storefront, so we went to the park district here, and we were right on Lake Michigan there, and so that was a nice spot, but they would bus in all of these people for boxing matches off the south side, and it it got very, very dangerous to even go. And so we moved to this storefront here uh, on Devon Avenue, and we got kicked out of there a few months ago, and so now we are... Where are we? We're about right right here. All these M's you see are Muslim mosques that are around us. If I were to map that, right now I could put three times the Muslim mosques that are on there now. You know, God has sent those people to us. We hadn't slowed down. We're still witnessing to them and telling them about Christ. And uh, this used to be a Methodist church. Now it's a Muslim mosque. And uh, here's the inside of a mosque. We went in to visit. This is a, pas- this is a, uh, uh, this is a pastor with me here from Iowa. And then that's me. And uh, then, you know, they invited us to eat with them and sit down. And we were able to share the gospel with them and, and talk to them about the Lord. Uh, these are a Persian and Afghan man who wanted to hear about the, the Bible. This mosque was started in 1965 in Chicago. This is the inside of that mosque. They have about 900 people every Friday on a service. Now, granted, everything's in English because you've got all these languages. What language are you going to use? So they use English so we can understand what they're saying. And so we'll sit in the back. <clears throat> well, where we? I'm taking a picture. You can see I'm, I'm back uh, on the back wall. And, uh, you know, sometime there'll be a few other guests there. And they'll they'll always announce and they'll say, oh, we have friends of the book with us today and uh, meaning the Bible. And uh, so I'll, I'll have 10 or 15 people come up to me. And when I when they come up to me, I'll, I'll say, what what language do you speak? And I'll give them gospel track in their language. I have 110 languages in my track bag. And uh, so I'm loaded for bear, man. You know, so I'm ready to go. And, and uh, uh, so and then we get a chance to talk to them. Oh, I got to tell you this story. You know, I, I know we're wasting time here, but but uh, I was in the mosque one time, and I was trying to tell them about when Abraham offered his son Isaac. Muslims don't believe that; they believe the offered Ishmael. And so, I'm listening, and the story goes on and on how Abraham tied Ishmael, and he saw it on his throat with a knife, and I thought, dull knife, you know. And, uh, but I'm, I'm patiently listening. When they finish, I go, wrong! It was Isaac. Well, you know, is it the Quran or the Bible? Which one is the truth? You say, well, the Bible. But they don't believe that. They believe the Quran is true. You know, how are you going to convince them? You know, God God has given us not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a spirit of wisdom. And I said, okay, Hagar, Ishmael, Sarah, and Isaac, Abraham, Galatians chapter 4. Remember uh, Mount Sinai in Jerusalem, the law, bondage, freeborn. I said, what was Hagar? Hagar was a contractual wife. She was hired to have a baby. For who? Sarah. But now God, who is rich in mercy, gave a child to Sarah. She no longer needs the child of the bondwoman because she's got a child of promise. So you've got two sons. The firstborn, the secondborn, firstborn born born by the woman of bondage, the bond woman, the contractual wife. The second one is born by the free woman. This is the first wife. Okay? So which one rules? And man, they're all, man, like a tree full of owls, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, uh, I said, but story's not about Abraham. The story's not about Isaac. The story's not about Ishmael. The story's not about Sarah. The story's not about Hagar. The story is about that ram. You see, that ram was sacrificed in the place of the son of Abraham. I said 2,000 years later. No, 4,000 years later. 4,000 years later... John the Baptist is standing in the Jordan River. Oh, I lost my speaking thing. Anyway, uh, John the Baptist is standing in the Jordan River, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God. And one of those Muslims said, taketh away the sins of the world. And one of those Muslims said, The Bible doesn't say that. I reached in my track bag, pulled my Bible out, flipped it to John 129. I said, okay, Jack Rabbit, you read it. And so we've got about 20 Muslims gathered around me in the Muslim mosque. And you got a Muslim there reading the Bible. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Isn't that powerful? That's powerful. But you know why that happens? That happens because we have a vision. It happens because somebody goes. It happens because somebody wants to try to reach people. Uh, You see the young man in the back there? That young man is uh, uh, Noah George. He is from Plaque Road Baptist Church in in North Pole, Alaska. Noah got saved. He's a mathematical genius. And uh, so, but he went to the University of uh, Alaska. He learned to read, write, and speak Arabic. And uh, his pastor called me, Brother Gene Humphrey at that time, called me and he said, Brother Ford, I want to send Noah down and let him spend about six weeks with you and go out on the street and just, just show him the ropes. I said, oh man, we'll go on the street, we'll go into people's houses, we'll go into businesses, we'll, we'll go to Muslim Mosque. And when he got there, he said, you can't do that. I said, you, you just stick with me, buddy. You just watch me. I'll show you how to do it. And, and uh, we did. We had a wonderful time. he's been in the Middle East now about 15 years. And so he, he's still there, maybe 10 years. Yeah, I, I lose track of time. But uh, he ended up marrying a Lebanese lady, has a couple children. And God has blessed him immensely. He's, he's been able to lead many, many people to the Lord, Lebanese, Syrians. And, and I, I thank God for him. And uh, these, these two men are pastors. Uh, this is the uh, imam in, in uh, the mosque there, Mr. Khan. I've witnessed to him many, many times, a, a retiree from Dow Chemical. And uh, so uh, he's an the engineer there. And uh, he would listen, and I'd, I witnessed to him. This is the reader in the mosque. He is from Egypt. And this is the son of Mr. Khan here. And uh, so I'd go in many times and sit down with him. And we'd open the Bible and, and talk about the Bible. Oh, I got, I got one more story. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm belaboring you, but they're good. This stuff is good. It, it don't happen all the time, but it happens. Uh, I was in, in the mosque. I was sitting down with Mr. Khan, and we're reading the Bible. And a Palestinian young man comes in and sits down. And he said, I have a question. I said, okay, what's your question? He said, you know, the ideal of Jesus being the Son of God that sounds believable this is powerful he's in a mosque and he's saying this you know this guy really is thinking and, and uh um, i began to answer him, well mr khan didn't want me to answer so all of a sudden he became motor mouth thank god for cell phones amen i love cell phones man you know, uh, what's that funny sound? Yeah, I don't know what it is. You know, whatever, you, know, you know what your phone makes, you know. And, and uh, so he, he had an important call. He had to go out of the room. I went over to Hebrews chapter 4 and showed him why Jesus Christ had to die. And I gave him uh, John and Romans in Arabic. I, I had three or four different titles in Arabic of tracts. So I gave him those gospel tracts, and I witnessed to him and shared with him. Mr. Khan, come back in. And he took one look at him, and he knew he had lost the war. You know, God was faithful. God will give people the word of God if you'll go. you just got to be willing to go. You know, and many times we don't go because we're intimidated. I try not to be intimidated by anything. Hey, you know, when people kick me out of somewhere, I said, well, I've been kicked out of better places than this before. You know, so, I mean, don't, don't worry about it. All they can do is say yes, no, or get out of here, you know. And I, I, know, I know the answer to all of them, so it's no problem. So uh, these are Arabic gospel tracts. Uh, these are tracts of all the different, because uh, uh, Muslims speak different languages, we have tracts in many different languages. Uh, this is the John and Romans in Arabic. And uh, uh, this is a Farsi, uh, uh, Urdu in, in Arabic, uh, another witnessing tool in Arabic. Mrs. Najir came to us. She lived in Dallas, Texas. And nobody ever shared her the gospel. She was there seven years. She went to Chicago. Three times people touched her life with the gospel. All three times was our little bitty storefront. And she ended up getting saved. She ended up coming to church with us. She'd come late. And then she'd leave as soon as church was over, run to the grocery store, throw all kinds of stuff in the in the cart. Uh, no, I didn't say buggy. And... Uh, uh, Buy, buy it and then when she went home her husband said where you been and she said shopping well, that's true she just stopped off at church first they did and, and uh, she began to grow in the Lord her daughter Aziza uh, got saved uh, she ended up marrying Nezer Zayad and uh, Nezer made a profession of faith I'm not sure he got saved but but uh, serving the Lord and now their uh, uh, Aziza's children Ibrahim and uh, Salome uh, uh, they, they have received Jesus Christ as their savior so that's three generations of Muslims now granted they still live in a Muslim world all of their holidays, all of their festivals, all of their relatives are all Muslims but thank God they're going to heaven, amen and uh, I really love these people, I thank God for them this is Mayer Abed, this is the man I, I told you I spent over three hours in his apartment sharing the gospel with him you know uh, where there's no vision the people perish you know can we do it is the work too big is it impossible to reach many tribes at one time do you have education Where's the example no 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 I don't I don't have any of this stuff you know uh, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be what witnesses amen so God has called us to witness he didn't he, he didn't tell us how to do it we just got to go out uh, so how, how did it start for me going to Myanmar and in and, and Thailand It started with this group of people called Ska Karen. Now, this is February the 17th, 2008. And here they are in the jungle, no running water, no electricity, no refrigerator, no nothing, you know, everything comes out of the woods you see there, everything that they eat and how they survive, and their houses are made of leaves and bamboo. By the way, if you lean on those walls, you're going outside. And and, uh, so ask me how I know. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I, I broke everything you can break. I mean, I have, I have broke chairs. I've had chairs, the legs go, when I sit down on them and, and everything else. I mean, I'm like Huey. Everywhere I went, I was Huey, you know. And, and, uh, but, you know, I, I love the Lord and I want to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And so I adapted. I, I learned how to get along. And, and uh, here they are, the first of March, just only a couple of weeks later, and they're in Chicago. And they got all the modern conveniences of Chicago. What a culture shock. Going from third world to first world. And, uh, man, we're right there to hit them. Right there. We got, we got Bibles. We got tracts and stuff. They brought the Bibles. And we started making stuff to try to reach them. Uh, here's a bunch of people came to church on Sunday, April the 6th. Uh, still had snow on the ground there. We began immediately translating gospel tracts into Tadim, Mizo, Hakka, Skakarin, Burmese, uh, Falam, uh, Saizang, Zotang, uh, Karundi, you know, just, uh, and, and these people don't, they don't speak the same language. They all speak different languages. And, and so we had interpreters interpreting for all these different tribes. And so we were up to about seven languages. How in the world do you t- 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 interpret seven languages? A 30-minute sermon is three and a half hours. Well, four hours because you got to speak in English. And I said, what in the world are we going to do? And I was in a secondhand store one day, and uh, I heard some people speaking Gujarati, and I heard some people speaking Bosnian, and I heard some people speaking Bulgarian, I heard some people speaking Spanish. And then, somewhere over beyond the racks, as clear as day, I heard English. And I said, I got it. So I went back to church, and I said, The next Sunday, I said, everybody speak at the same time. And so I spoke in English. All of my interpreters interpreted at the same time. Because, see, everything I was listening to in that store was gibberish. I mean, it's... Or something like that, you know. And and, uh, then I heard people say, you want to pick this dress? Or how does this dress look? It looks nice. And I could hear it over all the other stuff i could hear and it was clear and i said there's your answer and so we started doing that and so our interpreters would all interpret at the same time you know don't say you can't do it say you can say it's hard but don't say you can't do it you can do it we proved it we did it and uh we had a lady from iowa come one time and and after the service i said what'd you think and she said control chaos (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, praise the Lord uh, but uh, we, we, you know, we, we started taking our bulletins and we did Karen English, Burmese English, Swahili English uh, uh, Tadim in English, Hakka in English uh, 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 Hindi in English, uh, Nepali in English and, and man, you stay up all night I put all my kids to work, I gave each one of them a language and I said, take all the Bible verses I'm going to be using in the text now, we're not translating any of the sermon. We're just giving them the Bible. You know, the God's word doesn't come back void. And so we would hand these out every week. And so that the people would hear. And they were excited. And, and they, they wanted to hear. And they wanted to know. You know, uh, God had a plan. I didn't know it. But he was preparing me to go to Asia and preach to the tribes and refugee camps and schools and orphanages and Bible colleges. And so I ended up going October the 1st. 2018, and so this I'm about a year and a half out from my tra- uh, my my transplant at this point, and uh, I went being very very careful. Uh, I took silver water colloidal silver. I drank colloidal silver every day. I made it in my room uh, with a little maker. Uh, uh, I I took uh, catnip and mullen tea, and I boiled it and drank that every day, and I took vitamin C every day. My first trip, I went 69. Days over three uh, countries and I never got sick one time People around me were sick, but I never got sick. God was good And God watched over me and I preached my heart out and it broke my heart I just I really love those people and of course this was me before uh, I got my transplant and and uh, they thought I was going to die. This was my wife Savari Uh, Bless her heart. You know, she died. I sat at home crying and these people began calling me and they said, Dad, we miss Mom. Pastor, come and visit us. I said, where are you at? St. Paul, Omaha, Milwaukee, uh, Madison. And I thought, why not? I'm sitting at home crying all day. You know, we don't have church on Wednesday night. We have church on Friday night. So I, I, I said, okay, I'm going to go. And, uh, you know, when they, when they came to church with us, many of them couldn't speak English. Now they're beginning to learn English. People started getting saved. And I thought wow praise the Lord what a ministry and, and uh, then they said you know my pastor wants to talk to you he's in the refugee camp uh, my pastors in the village in in Burma my pastors in in Thailand and and uh, uh, the my my Bible college professor wants to talk to you next thing you know I've got a 69 days schedule lined up and I hadn't even decided I was gonna go yet so I called the airline to find out what it would cost round trip from Chicago to Bangkok and from Bangkok to Chicago and I thought man I can afford that but how do I do with interpreters I had a missionary in Bangkok call me and he said "Uh, I put out a little itinerary what what I thought I would like to do and the truth is I ended up doing many many things that weren't on that list and and, uh, but When when uh, uh, he saw that he called me up and he said I've been in Thailand for 12 years And I've never been to half of the places you're going to he said I've got a car and I will drive you anywhere you want to go in Thailand He says all you got to do is put me in a motel room and feed me Well, the most I paid in motel rooms was $25 a night Sometimes I paid as little as $11 a night That includes a real full full meal for breakfast and the meals were between one and three dollars depending on what you bought uh, uh, both in Thailand Burma and and Cambodia they were very inexpensive and so I thought I can I can afford that then I had a missionary in in Cambodia call me he said I'm Filipino I'm from the Philippines and I'm uh, I'm from the, the, the line of uh, uh, the Boyd family in the Philippines. Uh, his grandson is my pastor. A- and uh, uh, I would take you in Cambodia anywhere. I read and write, speak Cambodian. He said, I don't have transportation, but I said, no problem. I got a nephew there, my wife's uh, nephew. He, he could drive us. So he came down and met us. Now, he can't speak a word of English, but the missionary can. And so we went and preached all over Cambodia. And so God worked that out. And then Pakawa uh, called me and she said, Dad, you can come and stay in our house and then when my husband gets off of work, we'll go to the refugee camps and we can get you in the refugee camps. Now, these are UN-run refugee camps. Other people tried and tried and tried to get in. I got in because of people from here in America and people I, I had met by contact there in Thailand and in Burma. And so we, uh, I ended up going to three refugee camps and, and preaching and sharing the gospel with them. And uh, so, you know, uh, God, God really blessed. And, and so, you know, God opened up schools, churches, universities, Bible colleges, seminaries. And as we began to go to different places, uh, this man was my driver. Uh, this was his father. His father actually died from liver failure also, but we were able to lead him to Christ while we were there. Uh, and uh, 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 th- th- this man so excited. He, he took me to a number of villages and, and, and I really thank, thank God for him. Uh, this is a, a, a youth group here. We were able to teach them at and, and, uh, a public school outside of Tangu in Myanmar. Uh, and then I, I began teaching the Trail of Blood, Baptist Distinctives and Baptist History. The Pastors, seminary professors, lecturers, Bible colleges, schools. There are 91 Baptist theological seminaries in Myanmar there are over 4 million Baptist people. When I began asking them questions they couldn't answer me. They didn't know Baptist history and so. Uh, they were saying John the Baptist was an Old Testament prophet, the New Testament started at the death of Jesus Christ, uh, 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 you know, uh, John's baptism and Jesus' baptism are different, and I said, wrong, 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 you guys are wrong, wrong, all, everything is wrong. And I began teaching them from the Bible, and man, they opened up. So uh, uh, we, we ended up, uh, uh, of course, I, I asked them all kinds of questions, you know, Baptist Protestants, is the table local or universal? Uh, this pastor got everything wrong, and when I showed him in the Bible, he got excited. He goes, "I see it! I see it! I see it!" The, Bi- the Bible says it. A- and uh, he said, "I was uh, why? Why wasn't I taught this?" I said, "Because you were taught by Protestants." Yeah, I said, "You gotta, you gotta have Baptist history." And so uh, this is a this is in Mela refugee camp. Thirty four thousand five hundred people live in this refugee camp. Man, that's a medium sized city and uh unbelievable, this Bible college has four hundred and fifty students in it, and I was able to go and preach to them and and uh man, I was excited. this is my Corinne shirt here. They had to take two of them and put them together to make me one <laughs> but uh anyway, praise the Lord, I had opportunities to to preach. this is another uh college here uh a seminary, and uh, this is another seminary here uh this is another. Uh, Kala junior college here and uh, I was able to preach the graduation of the this college and 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 to share in this refugee camp there's 13,500 people in this refugee camp and uh, This is the leaders of the camp here got a chance to witness to them And then I found out 37 of the Bible college students did not have a Bible So I got Scott Corinne Bibles and gave to every one of these students and so here they are taking a picture with their their new Bibles and then, uh, this is Nopo Refugee Camp, uh, had opportunities to go there, I spent the night in one of those, uh, houses there, and, uh, oh man, that was the most painful night, I slept on bamboo, and it was, uh, every bone hurt afterwards, no running water, no electricity, no nothing, but, you know, uh, by the grace of God, there were people who wanted to hear the gospel, amen, and, uh, so, but God was really good, this is in Yangon, uh, uh, this, this young lady and this young man are the brother and sister of a man who comes to church with us in Chicago. Isn't that amazing? And uh, they are in Bible college in, in Burma there. A- and uh, here uh, is a Bible college in, in, in uh, Yangon. Uh, this is just, uh, I wanted to show this one because these people are from a, a dump. You know, these are people, you see the little cardboard shacks and the aluminum and stuff, and they, they live in the garbage dump. These are the people. You say, Pastor, you sat down with those people? Why not? Christ died for those people. You say, you can get sick and die. Well, I won't die anyway. Whether I get sick or not, I'm still going to die. You know, the question is, when am I going to die? In the meantime, I want to preach the gospel. Well, I can, amen? And uh, at least they, 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 don't, they won't think that I didn't love them. And uh, so uh, here's some of the Bible college students there. Just uh, really excited. A village church here. uh, Had many, many opportunities to preach to these students. And they were all ears and and ready to listen. And uh, this is the first Zomi church ever started. In 1949, these people were naked savages. In 49. And a missionary went there and shared the gospel with them. They learned how to Get saved. They learn how to put clothes on, and here they are at an altar call. I preached on the rich man in hell that day, and uh, uh, but you know God, God is really, really uh, good. I, I thank God for all the opportunities that I had uh, to to preach to the people, and uh, uh, then uh, you know um, as as we did, God just opened so many doors and gave me opportunities. This is a a river church, only accessible by a boat. There was no, there's no roads to this church. I went in the middle of the night because I wasn't supposed to be there. And uh, long story, I'll tell you that one next time. But but we ran out of gas going up the Aruwati River, so we're floating down the river with no lights on in the dark and had no idea where we were going. But we ended up there and we preached the gospel to them and was able to share the gospel with them. And uh, thank God for that opportunity. This uh, Protestant guy here asked me, Would I teach all of these pastors? These are all pastors in in a church somewhere in Myanmar. And of course, you see women there. They have women pastors as well. And, and, uh, you know, I don't believe in women pastors, but uh, the opportunity to preach to the men and tell the men uh, uh, what they needed to hear, I did. Now, because this guy's Protestant, he'll never ask me back again. But see, God used that idea to say, "Why can't I do that? Why can't I host my own pastors' conference?" So we we planned that for last October, and that didn't work out. So we're we're still shooting. The country's in chaos right now. You know, it's it's in a civil war. They're fighting. Uh, the people are being killed and are fleeing the country, and they're fleeing to Thailand and Bangladesh, and even some of them are fleeing to China to try to get away. And, and uh, so. Uh, but, you know, when it opens back up, I want to go back and, and have seminars like this and teach Baptist doctrines. And so we're, we're excited about that, the opportunities there to be able to do that. And uh, uh, then we got the Trail of Blood translated into Burmese. Uh, this is the print shop, uh, Baptist Press in Yangon. And uh, they, they were willing to uh, print the Bible or the uh, 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 Trail of Blood for us. This is the Trail of Blood. In Burmese, our first printing was a thousand. We gave them out to pastors, and then we gave it to the uh, seminaries uh, so that they could have copies of it. Uh, this young man went with me, and, and uh, he 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 said, "Can you baptize me?" And I said, "Yes and no." I said, "Yes, I could baptize you with the authority of my church, but no, as an individual, I cannot baptize you. I don't have that authority." I said, "But." I'm not going to baptize you either unless you believe Baptist doctrine. And so he was listening and listening and listening. And, and so I'm praying that God will use him and, and raise him up and, and, and have him to start a real Baptist church. And so we just keep uh, praying. But uh, it was my favorite subjects, of course, Baptist history, the authority of the Bible and salvation. And uh, we made a trail of blood banner, uh, four by, uh, two by four, two feet by four feet. Then we made one four feet by six feet and, and, um, so that we could teach the pastors in the, in the places we go. And, man, they were hungry. I mean, they wanted to hear. And, and, and they were so excited when, when we taught them uh, uh, about, uh, uh, you know, Baptist distinctives and, and the history. And, and uh, I, I, I want to stop at this one for a minute. See this young man right here? This young man came as a refugee to North Carolina. He got saved. They trained him in a Bible college there in North Carolina. And he has gone back to Myanmar as a missionary to his people. And so he has, he has started a little church in Miyawati. And this is his people here. These are all former Buddhists, Muslims, and Hindus. He said, I don't want nothing to do with anybody that's Christian. I want to reach people that, that have never heard. And God is blessing them immensely. And I thank God for him but pastors were always ready to study and hear the Word of God and, and, and uh, uh, you know, even attracting Buddhist monks there. Uh, none of the Burmese would help me, but I, I, I would do it. And, uh, but, the, you know, we had a, uh, had a wonderful time teaching uh, these different pastors. Uh, Saul Titus here, this, this pastor right here, he got all excited. He said, man, he said, the pastors need to hear this. He said, if if I knew how to do this, I would teach other pastors. And I said, okay, you've got the book. I'll give you the banner and let you teach other pastors the trail of blood. And so he is a Baptist pastor in insane Myanmar and uh, he is trying to teach others about Baptist distinctives. And that's what we need. We need replication. We need men that that are willing to train other men and help them. Uh, This is a uh, a professor there in Pathane at the at the seminary there uh, this is a poker in uh, Baptist pastor here uh, this is a, a theological Baptist seminary professor in Yangon uh, he's poker he said I'll give you 30 minutes he gave me four hours and uh, we talked and he said I believe everything in there except for you have to have a convention and I said no you don't I said, when Judson went to Burma in 1813, he was an independent Baptist. And he said, no, he, he, he was American Baptist. I said, no, he's an independent Baptist. I said, uh, and I took my phone and I Googled American Baptist Convention, 1907. And I go, Googled Northern Baptist, theolog- uh, Northern Baptist Convention, 1897. I, I googled the uh, Southern Baptist Convention. I googled, I googled the National Baptist Convention. I said, see, they were all started in the late 1800s. Judson was in Burma the early 1800s. There were no Baptist conventions. Every Baptist in the early 1800s were independent Baptist. I said, you changed. We did it. And so, man, he was all ears and uh, so he's having the, the, the book translated into poker in, and he asked me, he said, Pastor, would you come back? He said, uh, I want to get the heads of the 91 seminaries here and have you to teach them the Trail of Blood. I said, you do it. You get them together, and I'll teach them. And, and I will. I'll go whenever the door is open so that we can go and, 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 and share. But uh, what, a, what a blessing to meet these people and and uh, then I met a Thai pastor in Thailand, Baptist Church, and, and uh, I began talking to him. And he said, I, I, I've never heard any of this stuff. He said, I went to the Philippines, and an in, uh, uh, independent Baptist school, and I didn't learn that. I said, they were Protestant independent Baptist." I said, they were two church Baptist." I said, you need to hear the truth. And, and uh, so as I began to share with him, man, he got all excited. We did the trail of blood in, in Thai for him. And we put that out and uh he said can you stay several days and teach me and i said sure i'll be glad to so i ended up staying with him about a week and a half and, and teaching him baptist doctrine and uh, we'll be going back by god's grace and, and helping him and, uh, I, and i in my travels i, I met a lady uh, named rosalind chung po who was a refugee camp teacher she speaks four languages uh english and three of the other ones by the grace of God, you know, uh, as soon as we can bring her here, hopefully by maybe March, we're going to get married. And uh, we we had opportunities. This is Brother Jason Sumatra. Some of you probably know him out of Rogers. And and uh, she's in his church there. And and we've had opportunities to go and spend time with them and their mission work uh, up in, in the north uh, among the Lahu people. And uh, there there's his church there in Chiang Mai. And, uh, you know, this is our base in Chicago. Uh, this is our old storefront. I don't have a picture of the new storefront. But uh, a- anyway, you know, God, God has given us a place to minister in Chicago and opened the other fields as well. Amen. Thank you very much. And you have a wonderful day. So a lot of, a lot of things there that I left out. And simply because of time. I, I know I went longer than I'm supposed to. So, any questions? Any answers? Yes, sir. I thank you so much for, I said, teaching the thrill of blood, Baptist doctrine. I've met a lot of people, uh, friends of mine, who go to community churches, but they have Baptist preachers that they've hired, and yet they don't have the nerve to convince those folks. To embrace being a Baptist, amen. Right. And um, if you don't know where you came from, when it comes time to hire your next pastor or whatever, you don't know what to look for. You need to understand Baptist Doctor. I, I thank you for that. Amen. You know, I I've lived in America all of my life, and and I've never gone anywhere else up until I made these these trips to to Thailand, Cambodia, Myanmar. And you know, I've never preached in a any church. If if a if a Methodist asked me to preach, I'd, I'd turn them down. If a if a Presbyterian, I'd turn them down. In Burma, I had opportunities to go and preach to Brethren churches, Assembly of God churches, other churches. I taught Baptist doctrine. They were listening. They said, "We've never heard nothing like this before. This is interesting." Because we want to know the true roots of Christianity. I said, the true roots of Christianity are not Protestantism. Protestantism came out of Catholicism. Catholicism is a continuation of the Babylonian empire and the Babylonian religion. And uh, I said, we as Baptists have never been Protestant nor Catholic. And uh, so even they were listening. And uh, so I guess I compromised in that way, but I didn't compromise because I still told them the to truth. Any other questions? Okay, Pastor.